Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Life, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards in Atlanta. I'm your host, Bob Rathman, and coming up, we are deep into the NCAA tournament, and my guest is Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News. We'll talk about what happened on Thursday, what he looks for on Friday, and the weekend to come. Plus, he'll talk about our national awards semifinalists, all coming up with Mike in just a moment. Our Jersey Mike's news and notes as we get into the tournament proper really begins with an injury update. Now, many of you were watching the games on Thursday, and you saw Houston struggle with Northern Kentucky. And Marcus Sasser is the big story there. Our Jersey Mike's Naismith national semifinalist has a groin injury that originally occurred in the American tournament. He played only 14 minutes on Thursday, was pulled from the game, hoping to go on Saturday against Auburn in Birmingham. And, of course, the big news of the first day of the tournament, the upsets suffered by Arizona and Virginia. We'll talk more with Mike about that in just a moment. Injuries also a story as the women's tournament gets underway on Friday at home sites. NC State point guard Diamond Johnson out for the weekend as number 7 NC State takes on number 10 Princeton. Diamond was the sixth woman of the year of the ACC last season. She's had a lingering ankle injury that's kept her out since February the 16th, but is out for the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Other ACC stars that are out, Olivia Miles from Notre Dame, she's been hurt, won't play this weekend, and Florida State's Tania Lotson is also out for the Seminoles. We'll talk about what happened on a crazy Thursday with Mike DeCourcy, but first this from Jersey Mike's. Did you know Jersey Mike's subs freshly slices the meat right in front of you? It's a Jersey Mike's thing. And did you know I, Danny DeVito, am disqualified from being named world's sexiest man? The first statement about fresh slicing at Jersey Mike's is true, but Mr. DeVito's second statement is false and not endorsed by Jersey Mike's. I endorse it. Jersey Mike's does not. I do. We don't. Do. Don't. Do. Do not. Do sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. A pleasure to be joined by one of the busiest men in America right now, Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News, to talk about the tournament as we get underway on our first weekend. Mike, it's our favorite time of the year, and today, as we record this on Thursday night, has not disappointed. We've already had two major upsets today. First and foremost, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, Bob. How are you? Outstanding, and uh, what a day it has been. Your thoughts and uh, of what you've seen so far? Yeah, I think we've seen some terrific basketball. It started off with West Virginia and Maryland going back and forth for 40 minutes, and and a terrific finish for for the Terps, and and then it progressed on to the the massive upsets, the the uh, the, the great job that Furman did converting a, a massive mistake by Virginia into a game-winning three-pointer. Really impressive that they were able to, to just switch on to, uh, to let's finish this game off mode as quickly as that turnover happened. Uh, I was very impressed by uh, Pagese, the, the, the terrific shot he made. It was, it was great. And, and then on to Princeton, which was really an interesting game to watch because it – it seemed like Arizona had just taken control of the game. And sometimes games flip around. A team maybe makes a bunch of threes and the game changes. That's not really what happened. It, all of a sudden, it just everything froze for Arizona. And very, very gradually, Princeton started to chip into the lead. And before you knew it, there was Princeton 
right there to take the lead. It, it, it wasn't like we usually see in March where a team that isn't really in the game all of a sudden gets hot and gets in the game, gets confident, and, and the pressure starts to squeeze up on the, the high seed, the number two seed or whatever. It, it's not usually, This game was very different from that. And it, it, it sort of it didn't surprise me that Arizona exited this tournament early. I had them going out in the Sweet 16. I certainly didn't expect them to lose to Princeton today, but that that was a team that was not itself. They, they had they had not been what they could have been much of the year, and then even though they won the Pac-12 championship on Saturday night, I left that game thinking that Arizona had trouble uh, because. Uh, that that UCLA team was playing down two starters and then fouled out two backup big guys. They were out of big guys, and they still only lost basically by two points. It uh, it's amazing how all this gets so condensed, and I you know it kind of hits me every year that you know we get all this momentum toward the great basketball, and then all these crazy things happen in about a 10, 12 day period. And by Sunday night, we're going to be down to 16 teams. I mean, it's just so crazy to me how how all this happens in in less than two weeks. Yeah, it's 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 why it's the most wonderful time. I mean, I, from from the Thursday of of uh, championship week, uh, the, the you have all the great games that are quarterfinal games in uh, the Big 12 and the Big East uh, because they're championship games on Saturday, ACC as well, and then it continues on through this weekend. And it's just such a festival of basketball. A lot of times, Bob, people ask me if I like conference tournaments. And I'm saying, wait a second. You're asking me if I like more basketball. What do you think my answer is? Would you like some more cake, Mr. DeCourcy? Of course. Yes, I want more more cake and I want more basketball. And the one thing I pointed out to the last person asked me was, the cake will put weight on me, but the basketball will not. That's a good way to put it. Uh, You're headed to Greensboro for the Friday and, and Sunday games. Uh, I've got my eye on a Providence-Kentucky game that I think holds great intrigue uh, for a lot of different reasons. But uh, what say you? What what have you got your eye on in Greensboro this weekend? Yeah, I think that's first and foremost. Kentucky has such a big audience and such a passionate audience. And and for me, they're kind of a mystery because when they have been not healthy, not whole, they've been beatable. And that was certainly true in the SEC tournament. You could tell Cason Wallace was not back to himself after missing the Arkansas game on the closing day of, of the regular season, uh, you could tell he wasn't. So now he's had another week to heal. If, if he's still in the same condition as he was against, against Vanderbilt, I think that Kentucky will have a lot of trouble. They just don't have the depth that they need to be able to get by without, without him on the perimeter. And, of course, one of the Cinderella's uh, down here that, uh, of course, we're – we've watched unfold this season is Kennesaw State. You know, I don't know what kind of a chance they've got against Xavier, but it sure is a great story from where they were a couple of years ago to, to getting into the tournament this year. Yeah, I think uh, Coach Abdul Rahim has done one of the great coaching jobs in college basketball this year. And unfortunately, a lot of times, those, those, those terrific jobs that are done at the mid-major level don't get as recognized as the terrific jobs that are done at the high-major level. But he certainly has done as great a job of building a program. The difference sometimes, if you're, if you're at a Kennesaw State, uh, Kennesaw State has never been anywhere in Division I. Uh, this is their first tournament bid. They've never had a significant success. Uh, and so to do that there is, 
I mean, it's even bigger than a b- rebuilding a, p- a power that's been faded, uh, a, a, a major conference program that maybe is in that it's not been a traditional success. To be able to create uh, the, the success that he did at Kennesaw was outstanding, and, and he certainly deserves uh, Coach of the Year mentioned nationally. Mike, I think the viewers and listeners over the weekend are going to be shocked to learn that Kennesaw State's the third biggest school in the state of Georgia. Yeah, that's it always does kind of amuse me when they call them small schools. You know, they're from a small <laughs> conference. No, no, that's not real. That you know, mid-major, low-major, use those descriptors because you know a lot of these schools are not small. They're just new to the scene, and sometimes they use momentum from things like that to to build up to uh, significance. That you you see Central Florida in football now going into the Big Twelve. That's what they did. Uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, a friend of mine coached there when they were still in the Transamerica Conference, and now they're all the way up to the Big 12. So it shows that uh, sometimes these places, and sometimes they're happy where they are, and that's cool too. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer, you know, win where you are, and if, and if it, the timing is right or the, the circumstances are right and you want to try something else, okay, but, but be good where you are and, and make sure that of that before you think about, oh, we could be bigger time. You know, just a word about Greensboro. Um, you know, you and I have been watching basketball for quite some time, and I still love it when we have tournament games, uh, an ACC tournament, for example, in, in the Greensboro Coliseum and some of these other sites around the country. Uh, so much history and tradition. Uh, and I love the stories that come back when they say, oh, yeah, I remember Greensboro the Maryland-NC State game in 1974, and of course the Final Four was there later on. D- does that kind of tug at you like it tugs at me to, to go back to some of these arenas? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I was in Greensboro. My, my one trip there for basketball was 1998 for the Sweet 16, and I, I wrote a story uh, just this week about Tom Izzo setting the all-time record for consecutive NCAA tournament appearances. And his first one ended there uh, in the Sweet 16. Uh, they, played, uh, they played North Carolina uh, with Mateen Cleaves. They were a year away from three consecutive Final Four appearances. But that was Tom's first. And now, uh, this, now he will not be in Greensboro. He's elsewhere. But this, will be, this is his 25th consecutive NCAA tournament. Just a remarkable uh, run of consistency from him. And when we talked, we talked about, you know, going back then and thinking about, uh, you know, getting it started and everything. And, and I remember that, that night in Greensboro, them playing Carolina. And then the subsequent game was UConn against uh, Washington. And UConn's Rip Hamilton uh, had, had this sort of tippy-toe buzzer beater that he did where the ball came to him and there was very little time and he couldn't really gather it. He just had to throw it up as soon as, he, as, soon as it touched his fingers. And he got it in, and they won. So uh, I, I have great memories of my trip to Greensboro and I'm very much looking forward to this again. Well, that gives us a perfect segue to talk about our Winter Ladder Men's Coach of the Year. Uh, the Naismith Award is going to be handed out in a couple of weeks. Uh, there are some coaches, I'm sure, at the top of your list. Uh, share with us, if you would, Mike, first of all, your philosophy on, on a Coach of the Year award like this. Some guys like... Uh, it's the overachiever. Some uh, opt for a coach that has been great and did another great job. Uh, you know the Bill Selfs of the world. 
what what is your opinion on on the philosophy of of choosing a coach of the year? Yeah, I think that to some extent, I think it's I think we get too habitual about picked low, finished high. That's the person. I think it shouldn't be as simple as that. But uh, picked really low, and and uh, and on everybody's hot list to uh, hot seat list, I should say. Uh, to be likely dismissed at the end of the year, and then you end up in the NCAA tournament, and oh, by the way, advanced through the first round, like Chris Collins, picked up next to last, finished next to first. That's a pretty impressive performance. What Rodney Terry did at Texas in the circumstance, the suddenness, this is, this is, this is not the typical interim coach situation. The suddenness with which he had to take over and not being named the real interim coach for a period of about two and a half, three weeks. They didn't make his status a permanent interim situation, let's call it, until January after uh, the, the coaching change happened in mid-December. So that was quite unusual, and yet they finished a, a very strong second place in the best conference in the country, the Big 12, and then won the conference tournament. In, in Kansas City over a number one seed in Kansas. So a extraordinary performance from him as well. And sometimes, it, sometimes for me it's about building a program and building a consistent program and then maybe seeing it peak. Uh, Sporting News picked Mick Cronin in 2018 after he built the program back up from what I call an empty gym situation when he took over because of the way Bob Huggins was let go in the middle 2000s, a very sloppy uh, transaction by the university administration at that point, they weren't able to recruit for almost two years. So he walked in and there were almost no players there. He had to recruit a whole team and then he built it up over time to where in 2018 they were a number two seed. And so we acknowledged really almost a decade's worth of work that time with, with choosing him as coach of the year. So I think it can be very fluid uh, and can come from a lot of different directions. And finally, Mike, to, to let you go on the, the Player of the Year note, our Jersey Mike's Naismith Men's Award, uh, I think everybody has basically the same top five, top eight candidates. Uh, is there a front runner in your eyes? Yeah, I, I will be surprised if whoever uh, presents the trophy isn't reaching very high to hand it to Zach Eady. <laughs> he is... He is having a phenomenal year. I talked to Zach when uh, we presented our award at, at, at Sporting News uh, to him a couple of weeks ago, and and he talked about how like when when he gets eight, when he gets 18 points and 10 rebounds, he feels like he let his team down. I mean that's how high he's pushed his standards. And I and I was speaking uh, to a to a radio host uh, not long after they played Indiana and lost. And the host said, boy, it didn't seem like Zach Eady had a very great night. And I glanced at the box score. He had 28 points and 16 rebounds. <laughs> That's how high he set it with the performance this year. So I, I, I think Trace Jackson Davis has had a phenomenal year. I think Jalen Wilson has had a phenomenal year. I would have liked to have seen, and we've seen a lot of the big All-America teams come out. I would like to have seen a little bit more first-team love for Jaime Jaquez because I think he carried UCLA to a tremendous regular season performance. I voted for him for the All-America team that I voted, but I, I did not prevail. I, I would like to see him certainly uh, get that kind of, I, I, again, probably runner-up, but still, I, I'd still like to see him get some recognition for the, for the great years he's, he's had. Well, so many great players uh, 
truly, it, it sounds like a cliche, but to be nominated uh, in this class this year tells, tells the world that uh, you're one of the elite players in college basketball. And one of the elite members who covers it is Mike DeCourcy. He's a great friend of the Naismith Awards. And we thank you, sir, for taking time out in a very busy time of your life. Uh, every year this year, you're so gracious to come on with us. And we appreciate your insights, as always, and look forward to seeing you in Houston. Well, I'm honored that you asked me to do it, Bob. It's always a pleasure to talk with a vo a vo the voice of college basketball, the voice of basketball. It's a, it's a real honor. That's it for this week. We're down to the Sweet 16 just like that, and we'll talk about it here next week. Until then, Bob Rathbun saying so long from Atlanta.